Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include servicing and customer retention, my interview with Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions' Tom Hutchins on his real estate market outlook for 2024 and securitizations in the non-QM space, and it's a global village, rate-wise. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Loan Care. Loan Care has successfully navigated clients and homeowners through market change for 40 years. The mortgage subservicer is known for delivering superior customer experience through personalization and convenience. Its award-winning portfolio management tool, Loan Care Analytics, supports MSR investors with a focus on customer engagement, liquidity, and credit risk. Loan Care is part of Fidelity National Financial, a Fortune 500 company and leading provider of services to real estate and mortgage industries. I'm sure that every LO has heard their share of salty words and they deal with much more for their clients than just a loan. Working with their clients' debts, assets, rental insurance until they buy a home, even servicing after the loan funds, you name it. Everyone across the nation is feeling the brunt of seemingly unserious homeowner insurance rates. Companies like Freedom, AmeriHome, PennyMac, and Planet Home have been buying up servicing. They will retain that customer if and when refinancing kicks in. Rate and term refis will probably go to the aggregators. They bought the servicing. They want to keep that customer. What percentage of customers will go back to the original lender, increasing the recapture rate? It may very well depend on what the customer service was like initially. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome to the show Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions' Tom Hutchins to talk about his real estate market outlook for 2024 and securitizations in the non-QM space. He's EVP of production for Angel Oak Mortgage Solutions, and he has over 18 years of experience in leading sales for a wholesale and correspondent lending platform with proven success in the expansion of a lending footprint nationwide. Prior to Angel Oak, he was a senior sales leader at South Star Funding and was responsible for business and sales development across the country. He later served as the president of Novo AMC, where he was instrumental in launching the organization. It would seem hope springs eternal, uh, which is good in this industry. And it sounds like you're optimistic for the market under the expectation that the Fed has finished raising interest rates in the near term. Hopefully, uh, and I'm with you on this, it promotes more stability and less volatility, spreads will narrow, that sort of thing. I kind of want to start with a broad question for you. We're squarely into 2024 here. What's your real estate market and mortgage rate outlook for the year? Well, Robbie, I, I think we're we're headed to some normalcy, and you know, of course, as soon as I say that, there's there's going to be something hit the market or the world or that 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 uh, I'm not anticipating properly. But um, yeah, it, it just feels like we've had such a a wild ride, even since COVID, of just volatility, both both up and down, and uh, left and right, and and any which way. So it, it just feels like markets have stabilized. The Fed seems to, as you said, be be done raising rates. I don't know when they're going to start lowering rates, but you know we've seen just a lot more activity in the last sixty days. And and I'm talking in activity on the investor side. You know those that want to buy the bonds, and that's driving you know, bringing spreads in, and and then obviously activity in the in the real estate sector. 
Uh, I don't think we're, you know, it's still January. January is not a big uh, purchase environment. So I think time will tell, but I, I am very optimistic for what 2024 is going to bring. And um, so far, all, all signs are positive. That's good to hear. I, I guess in your opinion, what do you think is going to push spreads and volatility down? Um, you know, I, I think the Fed is going to have to make a couple moves to, to you know, really ensure that we don't get into um, – stagnation or some some other things. So I, th- I think once they make their first move down, I believe that's going to be the signal that everybody's like, okay, we we are officially done. You know, I think the percentages now or the uh, the chances of that happening in the first quarter are pretty high, but, you know, certainly within the first half of the year are very high. I have a lot of friends that are kind of on the sidelines waiting right. for rates to come down. I don't know if affordability yeah. is going to increase anytime soon, but there are a lot of buyers on the sidelines right now. Do you feel like trying to time the market is an advisable strategy for them? Uh, no, I think that's a really bad strategy. In fact, um, anyone who asks me, I tell them now is the time to buy because I have a little different belief that once rates do start to come down, there's go- that's going to be bring so many more buyers initially into the market that this you know the current low supply today is probably for a period of time going to get even lower. So if someone can afford a house now, I would encourage them to buy now. And I also believe that we've seen appreciation even as rates have gone up. I think appreciation is going to go up even further once rates start to go down. So, you know, to me, timing in real estate doesn't really work. But if, if somebody can afford a house now and it's a house they want, they, they need to be a buyer um, because that, that mortgage is short, short term. You know, if if they don't time the the, the market right on getting the lowest rate, um, it's really easy to go refinance that. So the house is permanent, but but the loan is per, is temporary. So uh, I think those that are out there buying now are doing the right thing versus those sitting on the sidelines. I I do think there's a number of sellers, you know, people that want to sell and want to be a buyer. They're sitting on the sidelines just because. You know, they're running the numbers that you know what what kind of property would I need to buy uh, to to make a a positive move than what I currently have, uh, and and that 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 will change over time. What do you view as the strongest headwinds that are impacting them? And I guess ultimately, when do you feel like we could see those abate? You know, I I think that it, it it's it's home price affordability. I mean, it's just. Prices have just continued to go up. I think I read recently that uh, 2023 was a record year for median home prices, even though the, the number of um, transactions was also at an extremely low level. It's not uh, you know the last 20, 30 years. So um, that that's going to continue to be an issue, and incomes have not come you know kept up with uh, these prices. And then when you factor in where the rates have gone, that's that's really why we've seen such a slowdown in the real estate and mortgage market. So one more question on the the market before we get into Angel Oak here. Uh, You know, the spring home buying season was a little muted last year. Do you think we'll see a different one this year? Is it, are you optimistic in that sense? I I really believe we're going to, Uh, you know, I think even a lot of the reasons that I've already kind of mentioned um, people that are ready to buy are ready to buy. I, I think there's been a lot of people sitting on the sidelines 
primarily buyers, but sellers as well, who you know would eventually be buyers on on their next transaction. I think people have been sitting on the sidelines. It's you know we're we're coming up on two years since the Fed really started to increase those rates rapidly. Um, so so I think there's a lot of pent up demand and desire for people to 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 move and 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 you know just con- um, transact some some real estate business. So here at the IMB conference in New Orleans, and I apologize for any background noise, uh, you know, non-traditional mortgage solutions or companies looking to offer more products has been uh, a big topic in the hallways. Uh, how would you characterize the market for non-traditional mortgage solutions, especially for underserved home buyers? Well, that you know, that's 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 what we do. So I would I would characterize it as. Um, you know, ha, ha, it has stabilized and we feel good about where things are going. There's there's liquidity in the market, which is always important when you're getting outside of agency lending. Um, and and so for those reasons and the things that we've already talked about, just where things are headed, um, there's a lot of people that have been locked out of the market. You know, they and awareness of non-QM has continued to grow pretty pretty rapidly over the last 24 months. So as as the market has slow, slowed, we've seen more and more originators uh, become familiar with and become you know experts on and in, experts in non-QM, and that really wasn't the case during the refi boom of 21 and you know half of 22. So uh, I, I think the underserved borrowers are well positioned and have have options going into you know this next cycle. And yeah, let's talk about Angel Oak for a minute. What's the the latest over there? Any any news worth sharing with listeners today? It's it's been a choppy road. I mean, it's been challenging. It it started with COVID, and then you know had a had a a window of of a real good market for everybody, and then uh, the rates took off so so quickly and and made non QM a challenge for a lot of lenders. Um, but you know, we're here. We've been doing this for a long time. Our expertise still sets us apart on a, on our daily basis. So we feel good about where we are and what we're doing. Um, these these underserved borrowers, as you've referenced, they're they're still out there, and there's still so many that aren't aware of their options. Um, but the market has seen growth. We've seen growth, and and 24, I believe, is going to be kind of a breakout year again for for non-QM. Yeah, I, I see securitizations from y'all every once in a while. What's the the latest on that front? Or I guess what's the market's appetite been like here? Uh, it's been really good. In fact, um, last year, uh, pretty sure that Angel Oak was the the number one securitizer, having put three billion plus out into the market. And 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 really, stability has been the key word. It's you know the last two years have been very choppy. One month. Uh, spreads tighten the you know the very same deals the very next month look com- completely different um, and I think we're past that I, you know just based on the feedback that we're getting for, from investors around the world that you know they they feel good about uh, this these alternative loans and the non QM space as a whole. Mr. Hutchins, I really appreciate you making the time for me. Thank you, sir. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks, Robbie. This week has been an excellent example of how international events can impact domestic mortgage rates. Houthi rebels, attacks on ships, and allied responses in the Red Sea have resulted in a spike in producer costs that is likely to be passed along to consumers, hurting the Fed's quest to return U.S. inflation 
to its 2% target. China has ramped up stimulus, saying it will reduce the reserve requirement ratio for banks by 50 basis points in early February, a move that will add $139 billion, with a B, dollars in liquidity to the market, but also has stoked fears of larger contagion. The release of flash manufacturing and services PMI readings for major world economies mostly showed an ongoing contraction, providing markets ammo for pricing in early and deep Fed rate cuts. And quarterly corporate earnings results for companies around the globe, with a particular focus on forward-looking guidance, have investors less convinced of signs that the Fed's historic tightening cycle will tilt the economy into recession. In this country, we learned yesterday that the Treasury sold $61 billion in five-year notes to weak demand. Part of that stems from stock market highs and consumer sentiment in January rebounding to the highest level since mid-2021 but also from cautious Fed speak recently and stronger-than-expected data. Attention now turns to GDP from Q4 of last year. Real GDP growth is seen slowing from the third quarter's unsustainably robust 4.9% annualized increase and is expected to show that the economy expanded at a 2% annual rate in the final three months of 2023. Household spending is expected to be the main driver of both stronger growth and overall spending than was anticipated at the start of the quarter. Those factors may keep the economy from dipping into a recession, even if there isn't much help from other sources of growth. In fact, household incomes are now outpacing inflation. Today's economic calendar begins a deluge of data over the next several sessions and was kicked off by advanced Q4 gross domestic product, which came in up 3.3%. GDP was expected to increase 1.3% versus 4.9% previously, with final sales 2.5% higher versus 3.6% in Q3. The Core Personal Consumption Expenditure Index, or PCE deflator, registered up 2.0%, unchanged from last month's reading. The price index was up 1.5%. We've also received durable goods orders, flat on the month, excluding transportation up 0.6%, weekly jobless claims in at 214,000 with 1.833 million continuing claims, Advanced indicators for December, which includes the previous goods balance, retail inventories, and wholesale inventories, and the Chicago Fed National Activity Index for December. Later today brings December new home sales, Kansas City Fed manufacturing for January, Treasury auctioning off $41 billion of seven-year notes, and Freddie Mac's latest primary mortgage market survey. Mortgage market? <laughs> Norges Bank was out with its latest monetary policy decision overnight, no change, as well as the European Central Bank's decision, no change, with ECB head Lagarde's press conference currently underway. We begin the day with agency MBS prices a few ticks or 30 seconds better, the 10-year yielding 4.14 after closing yesterday at 4.18%, and the two-year at 4.35%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Researchers for the Massachusetts Turnpike Authority, or MTA, found over 200 dead crows near greater Boston recently, and there was concern that they may have died from avian flu. A bird pathologist examined the remains of all the crows and, to everyone's relief, confirmed the problem was definitely not avian flu. The cause of death appeared to be vehicular impacts. During the detailed analysis, it was noted that varying colors of paints appeared on the bird's beaks and claws. By analyzing these paint residues, it was determined that 98% of the crows had been killed by impact with trucks, while only 2% were killed by an impact with a car. 
MTA then hired an ornithological behaviorist to determine if there was a cause for the disproportionate percentages of truck kills versus car kills. He very quickly concluded the cause. When crows eat roadkill, they always have a lookout crow in a nearby tree to warn of impending danger. They discovered that while all the lookout crows could shout, Ka, not a single one could shout, Truck. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Loan Care. Loan Care has successfully navigated clients and homeowners through market change for 40 years. The mortgage subservicer is known for delivering superior customer experience through personalization and convenience. Its award-winning portfolio management tool, Loan Care Analytics, supports MSR investors with a focus on customer engagement, liquidity, and credit risk. Loan Care is part of Fidelity National Financial, a Fortune 500 company, and leading provider of services to real estate and mortgage industries. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.